Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today on the DJE Podcast. My guest is Leslie Ann Morris, and she's a real estate entrepreneur, former banker, turned to vacation rentals in the Smoky Mountains. So buying, managing, she's started a number of companies. She's written a book, just kind of a serial entrepreneur here. But the the premise is buying these cabins or houses in the Smoky Mountains and renting those out. So she will help in turnkey investors come in and just deploy capital for a return. She'll help people that want to be a little more hands-on. She's got the management company. She'll, so she'll run that angle. She's got a coaching platform. So kind of a menu of items if you're looking to invest in short-term rentals in the Smoky Mountains. So that's totally different than what I do every day. And I, I like talking to entrepreneurs and learning, you know, one, how they made the jump. That's always a kind of a, a big one. Um, and then how they're operating their companies uh, and just talk and shop on real estate. So Leslie and I had a great conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. And um, before we jump into that, thanks for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, a five-star review on Apple helps the reach of this show. So I would greatly appreciate that. And if you left us a five-star review, we'll hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll get into the show with Leslie Ann Morris. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by DJE Texas Management Group, a San Antonio, Texas-based real estate investment firm with a track record of transacting on several hundred million dollars of multifamily land and industrial deals throughout Texas. DJE's been in business for over a decade and is approaching 100 team members in San Antonio. To learn more about DJE, visit djetexas.com or the link in the show notes of this episode. This episode is also brought to you by apartmenteducators.com, a complete ecosystem for professionals to learn how to find, finance, and operate large multifamily properties for profit. You can get started with a free mini course and learn more at apartmenteducators.com or visit the link in the notes. Leslie, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Devin? I'm doing good, doing good. Um, great to connect here virtually, and I'm excited to dive in and learn more about your business and talk shop on on real estate investing like we do. How about some background on you for folks that are listening that might not have connected with your company before? Um, what's your What's your backstory? How'd you get into this real estate game? Yeah, well, I was a commercial banker. I had a very long career in banking, 20 plus years. Um, intentional banker actually have a finance degree okay. and always saw that life for myself. Um, I did commercial real estate underwriting and worked with some pretty large companies in, in that industry. And I kind of just hit a point when I felt like I wanted something more out of life. And so I started real estate investing and there's a lot of backstory there that we can get into, but essentially in a nutshell, I just robbed a retirement and started buying short-term rentals in Eastern Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains, right next to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And then I just loved it right away. And then I scaled fast, fast, fast. I have a very compressed timeline. I built my portfolio in about three years. Um, I have 11 short-term rentals and I'm building one. And they're all in the Smoky Mountains of Eastern Tennessee. 
And so then I, once I started loving that and I needed more time for that, I actually got my real estate license and got my property management license. And now I offer this system to others. I mostly deal with out-of-state investors that Mm -hmm. are typically newbie, the newer investors that are very excited and eager to get into the Airbnb space. Yeah. Um, We help them buy the cabin. We tell them which one to buy and help them do underwriting around the deals. And then we can also manage it through our property management system. So it makes a nice little, it's it's passive investing, but uh, active investing with like a passive spin on it. So it's quite fun. Yeah. So it's like a turnkey deal for those guys, right? They just kind of want to deploy some capital, but also be direct owners. Yeah. How much in the Smoky Mountains, which I have not been to, um, unfortunately, I'll change that at some point. You're missing out. <laughs> That's what I hear. Um, how much of the, for your owners or your investors is, is the component of, Hey, we're going to take the family out here. Um, versus just, just, Hey, we're just looking for a straight cash on cash return, whether it's real estate or some other vehicle, you know, how much is, is that kind of vacation factor for the owner? Um, I deal with all types of buyers. Um, I have some that are strictly just, they're looking for cash flow. They're never going to see the place. Um, And then I have some that are looking for, you know, a second home, but they want it to make money. And then I even have some that are like, you know, I'm a high paid doctor, lawyer, what have you. And I need some sort of strategy to to build some wealth away from this industry. And also um, maybe, you know, some sort of tax write off. So all, all types, really, it, it's it's a pretty big split. Yeah, that's cool. I like that it can be a standalone investment with the attractive, presumably attractive enough cash on cash return to be just a pure, pure investment vehicle. We've got a beach house that we have had for a number of years and um, it makes money, but, you know, as purely as a, you know, IRR or cash on cash, it's like, oh, there's other stuff I could do, but then there's this whole like family element and, you know. Mm-hmm appreciation aspect, but I wouldn't just park money there purely for the cash on cash. Cause it's just kind of thin. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, that's cool that, that people are able to actually get some kind of yield out of it that they are happy enough with, without even ever going out there. Well, tell us about the smoky mountains. I mean, you know, assuming, assume I know nothing about it. What is the, what is the pitch for that part of the country and, and, um, you know, why people are attracted to vacationing out there? Yeah, well, um, one of the, I don't know what media group just put out the list of like all the national parks in the United States and Smoky Mountains is number one. We had 13 million visitors last year, uh, 14 million during the height of COVID. So occupancy wise, it's awesome. It's almost a year round market. There's a couple of little slower times, but for the most part, it's heavily, they're heavily rented. They can be occupied up to 75, 80% a year. Um, And that market is within driving distance of about 60 to 70% of the United States population. So it is a a drive-in market typically. Um, 60 to 70%. What what do you consider driving distance? Is that like a day drive, two day drive? Like eight hours or less. Oh, wow. And 70% of the country lives eight hours from Smoky Mountains. Yeah. That's wild. We're just in a great little spot. You know, we've just got a lot of stuff around us. It's not like Florida where you've got, you know, you're down here and people are driving. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the so much to do there. I mean, since the park is free uh, and it's grandfathered in that way, that mm-hmm. is the main draw. But there are other things like Dollywood, you know, Sevierville, Tennessee, which is 
the hub of the area, um, that and Gatlinburg, uh, Dolly Parton was born and raised there and that's where her theme park is. So she puts a lot of money into the community. She's there often. So people are drawn to that. It's got that country vibe. There's distilleries, you know, moonshine tasting, and then there's stuff for kids, so much stuff for kids, Mm -hmm. um, tons of like mini golf and roller coasters and what have you, like, there's so much stuff to do there. Guy Fieri just opened a big 43,000 square foot um, flavor town. It's kind of like a Dave and Buster's. It's yes. got gaming restaurants. Flavor town is a real place now on it's the map. It's a real place. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's not just a, a meme or a catchphrase. I love it. It's going to be an actual place on a map, 43,000 square feet. God bless them. I love it. Oh, that sounds Four like I wait for dinner when I went there a couple a few months ago. Four uh-huh. hour wait. That's how busy this area is. <laughs> Everybody wants to go to Flavortown. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love <laughs> it. You know, my kids are obsessed with Bass Pro and they tell me we they want to go to I think it's Nashville that there's like Bass Pro has built some just epic headquarters there. I don't know what it is, but um we definitely have Tennessee on the in the crosshairs for the family vacation at some point. I love Tennessee. I mean, I'm from California. Okay. And I think it, just as soon as I started investing out here, like right away. So I bought my first cabin in 2019. So not that long ago. And yeah. I came for my birthday because I bought the cabin like a month before my birthday. Okay. So came out for my birthday. This was October, 2019. And just thought if I can just move out here and reduce my cost of living, this would be a really fun life. And that's exactly what I ended up doing during COVID. So no kidding. God, COVID, there's so many stories like that. COVID just kind of made Thank people you, COVID. reassess. <laughs> and I mean, the migration that happened since 2020. And it, obviously you're, you're a, a story of that. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me about the, <laughs> the transition between, well, first I want to know how you found the cabin. We can get into that, but I'm curious about how, you know, you go from kind of one cabin to saying, I'm going to push the chips on the table. This is an awesome opportunity. I'm going all in on this versus, yeah. I mean, I guess in banking, you kind of saw real estate stuff peripherally and, and got your head around it. But w- what was that deciding factor for you going from kind of one to, all right, this is what I'm going to do now? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a background in travel. So I did cool. travel okay. all over the world. I've been to about 45 countries, a lot of them twice. And I primarily love to stay in cabins. Wow. Okay. Iceland, Alaska. And I'm from rural California. So there's something about that vibe that resonates with me. Yeah. Um, But, you know, when I bought the cabin, I just thought this would be, I want to start investing. I don't want to just go long term rental. And, you know, this might be kind of fun. It's a place I could go myself. And I could afford the mortgage out of my paycheck. So that made uh-huh. it like peace of mind. I didn't know. I didn't do a lot of, I kind of just jumped and went yeah. for it. And I'll tell you, as soon as we, uh, you know, I was married at the time and we just put it on Airbnb and it immediately was like booking, booking, booking. And then I thought, wait a minute, this is a really good golden opportunity. Um, maybe I have it priced too low. So then I started to really dive in and learn the business side of it. And I taught myself, you know, everything from marketing, how to build a website, how to retarget guests, what's a rental agreement, how do you take a security deposit on a credit card? You know, oh I my gosh, all of it. Business. Yeah. Yeah. Did you join any courses or hire a coach or anything, or do you guys just kind of bootstrap and figure it out? 
No. And so that's why I have all these coaching businesses and real estate businesses and management businesses today is because if I would have had something like that when I started, I would probably be further along because I went in and taught myself everything just by reading on the internet. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I totally agree. And we, we have coaching programs and stuff too. And I, and it's like, Oh man, my knowledge is so hard won and I could have cut so much out of it. But I think there's something too about the fact that you're the type of person to go do that anyway, that is probably responsible for your success. And sometimes I think about this a lot when you package it up and hand it to somebody it's like, oh, it's still hard. It's like, no, no, no. It's 1000 times harder than what I'm showing you. I've done it the hard way. This is way easier. And it's like, oh yeah, well, it's, you know, I don't yeah. know. There's something to be said for just scratching and clawing your way and figuring it out. And maybe that's just a character trait of some entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. That's really cool. So what are, what is the scope of the businesses that you kind of oversee your own today? Yeah. So I have, um, it's called invest in the smoky mountains. Uh, invest in the smoky mountains.com. So that is where I have my agent license. We're brokered by Zach Taylor real estate. Yep. Um, so it's an agent team and we're um, doing coaching on the front end, try to cool. figure out why are you not already investing? How can we support you and help you teaching the metrics on what to buy in the market and why invest in the market? I do a free 15 to 30 minute call depending on what the need is. Um, And then we get to work and work just like typical real estate agents, but we're a very investor mindset focused. Which is a big big distinction for sure. Just because somebody's a licensed agent doesn't mean they know squad about investments. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, I've come across a lot of agents, even in Tennessee that, you know, they've had their license for a long time. They've never actually owned much other than their home. And, you know, they know what looks cute. Yeah. Overwhelming majority. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing that. And then we also will take listings and sell cabins, obviously. And then my other company is Josh's Cabins. And that's the full service boutique property management. Um, So we operate just like a short term rental property manager would, but we're really focused on the real estate asset, um, Mm -hmm. you know, keeping it maintained well, but then also the component of hospitality we're really guest focused. We're trying to make sure that they have a great trip because sometimes they're spending thousands of dollars to come and it's their one trip of the year. Yep. Um, so that's kind of all in that bundle. So essentially, you know, if you're interested in investing, interested in getting started, we can help you with the whole process, not just getting you to close and here you go, you own it. Here's the key. Yeah. We'll take the key. We'll go through, we'll do an onboarding checklist, which will go through everything from your silverware being enough forks or whatever to, you know, you've got the right decor. Um, Because a lot of the times when you buy these properties in the Smoky Mountains, they're going to come furnished. So essentially they are turnkey, but they might've been furnished 20 years ago. So we do want to go in and make sure, you know, for guest experience wise. um, And there is a lot of competition in the market. So we just want to make sure we're putting our best foot forward when we list your property and make sure that it's going to make the most money that it can make. Yeah, we stay at Airbnbs all over the country with the family, and there's just a there's a pretty wide range of your furniture, your you know from the coffee maker to the you know types of dishes they have. There's like a pretty wide range on that stuff. Um, it makes a difference. It, a lot of it's aesthetics, right? You're there for two nights, yeah. and it's a vacation, and you're kind of unplugging. And aesthetics matter for sure. Yeah. For sure. How about the municipalities? You know, one of the things that I've had a couple of Airbnbs over the years, don't currently have any, 
Um, just cause we do a lot of different type of commercial stuff. It just doesn't really fit into, into our day to day, but you know, you hear about different markets and the municipalities, you know, changing something overnight. How, how have you guys been impacted if at all by that in Smoky Mountains? There's really no permitting requirements. I mean, you just have cool. to have a business tax license to pay the transient occupancy tax, which is collected from the guest in most cases. Yeah. Um, it's very friendly. It's been, you know, a vacation rental market since the 60s when the park right. was grandfathered in. So that's not an issue. There are pockets within the proper like city uh, where you can't do it. And we know that it's typically not going to look like a cabin. It's going to be a house. So you're going to already be like, oh, that's probably not something people are going to want to rent anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's not that's no issue for us at all. It's it's actually very easy. It's probably the easiest market I've ever because I've had Airbnbs in three states and it's definitely the easiest. Uh, we're not supposed to say Airbnb, by the way, we're supposed to say short term rental. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to get to that next. To break. <laughs> I, totally, it's become a, a word like Google that's just kind of associated with one company, which is wild. So yeah. is it Airbnb? Is it VRBO? Is it your own platform? How, where do most of the most of the interest for these things come in through? Through all the channels. Yeah. Um, it depends on the property. Honestly, depending on the algorithm in each and our Google ads we do and our social media stuff, we have a lot of partnerships. One cabin might trend on one and not book on the other. And then it could just flip flop the next month. So it's, you know, we cast a wide net. Yeah. If you, you know, we name the cabins very particular Googleable names. We hope they'll see it in the listing on the, yep. you know, Airbnb or Verbo and then book direct to save money for themselves. But um, typically though, if you Google one of my cabin names, you'll get multiple places to go book it from. So cool. Um, it's definitely a strategy. Yeah. So, okay. So what's a cabin look like? Is it, you know, two bedroom, 1200 square feet? Is it uh, all over the place? What, is, what does something look like? Are they all the same? Yeah. So my wheelhouse personally, for my personal portfolio, I have a lot of two bed, two baths. I have some that are three bed, three baths. I even have a one bed, one bath. Um, but they're all relatively small. They could mm -hmm. be anywhere from like, I have a couple that are like eight, 900 square feet. And then I think probably my biggest one is like 2000 square feet. So they are relatively small. Um, with Josh's cabins, we do have clients that have larger cabins. We manage one that's massive. It's like a five bed, five bath. Um, and it's just, it's all over the board. I even know other investors that own cabins that sleep like 60 people. They're just these massive- what? Six yeah. zero. <laughs> Who books Seriously. that? Is well, it, I mean, like they were saying, like groups, like a church group might come okay. out and have a retreat or sure. you know, a wedding party or yeah. you know, whatever, what have you, a family reunion, reunion. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just there's very different markets. I would say if you're going to buy something that's like the two bed, two bath, that's where most of my clients' budget lies, which right. is like. 600 to 800,000. And then, you know, you go up from there and you might on this two bed, two bath, that's 600 to 800,000, you might book last minute. You know, somebody's coming in that weekend. It's still empty. That's usually not the case, but sometimes, but on those much, much larger properties, they are booking out further because that has to be planned. You know, you've got multiple people coming in from different families. And so there's just a totally different strategy and it, it all works. It's all popular. Yeah. Ah, it's so cool. I love it. I love it. So what are you, you've built these companies, you're operating them. 
You're, you mentioned you're building one. What does your day look like now? I'm always curious to talk to entrepreneurs. Is it, um, what, you know, what's typical day or typical week look like for you running all this stuff? Yeah. I mean, I do a lot more than that. I'm writing a book right now on short-term rentals. Cool. Um, I just came out in this book, Hospitable Hosts 2. It's a compilation of a bunch of different people doing what I'm doing. So cool. I was on Amazon, bestseller. Love it. Congrats. Uh, and I do things like this. I do a yep. lot of like media stuff, trying to get the word out. I have a movement around empowering 1000 women to become millionaires through real estate investing, Cool. just to give them a hand up. And yeah. so I'm doing a lot of calls. I'm on zoom a lot. I might be in the smokies in person if something's going on, or I might be at a real estate conference. Um, I do have teams on in both of those companies mm -hmm. um, that are very focused on operations and day-to-day. -day. And then I have even employees that are on the strategy end, you know, looking at our marketing accounts and that sort of thing. Sure. But it's fun. It's I'm so busy. You would, yeah. you would think that I didn't own all these things. <laughs> I love it. Like my day-to-day, -day, what my day-to-day -day looks like is quite fun. Yeah, it is fun. Lots of conversations. Yeah. Businesses can be, can be a lot of fun, can be a lot of work, but it can be a lot of fun too, especially when it's, when it's your baby, it's something different about that for sure. Yeah. Um, I saw a picture of you with Matt Faircloth, I think on your website, you guys yeah. you can actually him at a conference. He's, he's a buddy of mine. Yeah. He's one of my good friends. Um, cool. I met him through his wife, Liz. Okay. Um, Liz is, uh, in the movement also of empowering women through real estate. So that's awesome. kind of how we connected. Yeah. Uh, but I just record, recorded some content with Matt. Okay, cool. Uh, last week that I haven't posted yet. So I need to get that up, but great guy. I'm, I, he, uh, got me his book. I'm like, you need to autograph this for me, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a celebrity now. That's great. He is, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love, him. I love it. Guy. So tell me about the house that you're, you're, if I heard you right, that you're building, is this a ground up construction yeah. cabin? Yep. Yep. Okay. I, um, own the cabin next door and my neighbors were selling their lot. It's yeah. about three quarters of an acre. Um, we just went in there and logged the house seat. It's got a beautiful mountain view. Mm. It's going to be quite a bit larger than the one next door, but similar type of style. You know, it's going to have big wall of windows and going to be three stories, have a game room in the basement, definitely a hot tub on the deck. Um, we're doing an open kitchen in this one because they weren't really thinking of open kitchens back in 20 years ago when they built yeah. these. Yep. Um, although the little one next door is kind of an open kitchen because it's just real small. It's like only eight or 900 square feet. This other one will be like 2000. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. They, so they cleared the house seat and then the septic tank is being delivered Tuesday. So in a week or so, and we're hooking up power and just get, getting going on this. I've never done construction before. Honestly, the timeline is I bought the land like two years ago. So I'm honestly already like over it. <laughs> I don't recommend <laughs> it. I don't recommend building in the Smokies. If you come to me, I'm going to want to help you get something turnkey for cash flow purposes. Uh, Cause it's a long, it's a long cycle building. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Development's a whole other deal. Just writing checks. Yeah. I'm hoping there's one at the end for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I got deal. lucky. I got the land for a steal, honestly. Yeah. And well, that helps. I probably have just flipped to the land and been done with it, but I didn't want anybody building next to me. So here um, I go. Yeah, that's right. It, I always say, like, if you're concerned about what the neighbor's doing, the only thing you yeah. do is buy it. Otherwise, you're just kind of yeah. at whoever's mercy. Yeah. Two thousand square feet on that house. That that sounds like something we might want to take a look at when you're uh, when you have the listing up. That's that's about our speed. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be great. And I do have a lot that are very similar to it. So we uh-huh. kind of designed it around another one I own, but that other one I own doesn't have any actual bedrooms with doors that shut. It's quite weird. It's like just all very open. You know, it's got like a loft and a basement and then just the main level. Mm-hmm. So this one will have like proper bedrooms with doors that shut. So it'll definitely be more of a premium product than than the other one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So how does, um you know, if somebody comes to you as, as a purely kind of turnkey passive investor, what can they expect from just kind of ballpark, you know, investment amount and return profile? Is this a forever hold or what does that usually look like? Yeah. I mean, it depends on their underwriting metrics, how much cash is going into the deal and what their yep. financing looks like. Yep. Um, I always say if you can get on a conventional mortgage for your first few deals, that's great. A lot of people really worry about putting it into an LLC. So it depends on your personal, you know, comfort level with risk. But I just do really robust insurance policies. I do hold some pro- of my properties in my personal name. And then I do mm-hmm. have a, a, a couple of LLCs as well. Um, but the return profile, like personally, what I look for is like a 20% cash on cash return. And I don't have any sort of predetermined exit in mind. I yeah. have exited some already, not cabins, but like I did have a property in Florida. You know, appreciation was good and I was annoyed with the seasonality there. So I I did sell that one last year and bought another cabin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, I've, I have an investor that I'm working with right now. She wants full service property management. So there is a component to your underwriting to be able to afford that. Yep. Um, but we're expecting like a very minimum, like net operating income of about 17 grand. And I'm like talking true net operating income that has her principal interest component uh, of the mortgage payment within the calculation. Because yep. with a lot of my investors, we're not comparing a lot of bunch of real estate deals. Yeah. So we always, I always do like the full underwriting scenario with them. Um, I like to teach them how to do it. I don't do it for them uh, just so they can take that knowledge into another deal and also be educated going forward once they're holding it. Yeah. If it's becoming profitable month on month and we're hitting projection, you know, you should never expect your property manager to do that for you. They're going to repri- provide you like a report that says, here's your stays and here's your, you know, split and here's your net. But then you need to take that information and put that back into your own system to make sure that you're hitting what you want to hit with it in the event that you did want to exit and go for a different strategy if it's not working. But nine times out of 10, anything someone picks in the Smokies, it's almost like shoot a dart and you're going to hit the target. I love Um, it. So, you know, the sky's the limit. I bought one in December of 2022. I think actually that might've been the 1031 exchange from the Florida property. And I'm expecting net operating income of 45,000 a year. It's about, 25% 25% cash on cash or something like that. Beautiful. And I don't have a property management component because I own the company. So. Yeah, it's yours. Sure. Little, yeah, it's okay. a little, little more margin there. Yeah. yeah. And so that's and, just for an example. And, and I'm happy sure. to coach and mentor clients if they do want to learn how to manage it themselves. I do charge for that. Um, of course. I have a program. But, you know, it's a lot of work. And if you're planning on scaling, it's just not a smart plan because as you scale, like once I got to five cabins, I was like, you know, I was doing a master's degree. I was working full-time for a bank, which is, was highly demanding job. Plus I was trying to self-manage. Um, and I just thought, 
this is crazy. Like, I just can't, you know, so that's why I formed all these companies. And, and it was honestly out of a uh, request. You know, I was going to the University of Southern California for my master's. I had a lot of uh, folks in my cohort that are like, you know, can you help me do what you're doing? And, you know, at the time I couldn't wrap my head around how I could really help them. Yeah. So now I'm set up to do that. So. Yeah. The demand was there. <clears throat> the demand was there. That's cool. Yeah. There's, there's a certain amount of, um, doing everything I think that's required of starting your own venture. Um, I, I don't know if there's a way around it or a shortcut, but you know, I, mine was about two and a half years of really burning the candle at both ends. But, yep. you know, the goal is <laughs> there's a light at the end of the tunnel there and you get out of there at some point and build something that can kind of yeah. run, run on its own. But that's, that's super exciting. Um, yeah. Well, I love, I love hearing entrepreneur stories, Leslie. I love hearing about all the things that you have built out in Smoky Mountains and all your different ventures. Somebody listening wants to connect. I mean, you've got the management, you've got the brokerage, you've got the coaching book. Um, how, what's, what's the best way for somebody to reach out and connect with you? Yeah. Well, my personal website is leslieannmorris.com and it's Ann with an E. Uh, and from that website, you can launch out to everything I've got my hands in. You can even see what's in my portfolio. Cool. Um, and then I'm very active on Instagram. And that handle on there is at leslie.and.morris. And then I have like a link tree and in Instagram that's got a lot of podcasts and different things I've spoke at um, that you can just launch and look, see, see what you think, and then schedule a call with me from there also. I love it. Well, we'll link to your main website in the show notes. If you're listening, you just scroll down through and 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 click through and check that out. Um, so Leslie, thank you so much for jumping on. It was really cool to learn about this. This is something that's outside the area that we do. So I always love learning um, ways people are doing real estate that's different than, than we do every day and kind of get out of our routine and, and learn what other people are doing in different parts of the country. So that was, that was super cool to learn about. I appreciate it and wish you success on all the ventures ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great one. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.